Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Visiting her family and uh, she spent some time in Nebraska with her 97-year-old grandmother. Um, then up to Wyoming to spend some time with her parents, and the kids are out there, and they're having a blast. And, uh, and that parsonage is fairly small when it's full, and it's really big when it's empty. Um, and, uh, and it's quiet, and it's scary quiet sometimes. You can hear every individually handmade and hand-laid piece of wood that went into the floor creak as you walk across. Um, but this weekend has been just kind of enjoyable to put some thoughts together and to think where we are in our society today and, uh, and what is a mindset. If God could craft the mindset of his bride, of his church, how would she think and move and operate in today? What would be the emotional place that they would say, this moves my emotions in a healthy way? This is impacting me in a very unhealthy way. And how does his bride become strong with a sound mind where she is adorned in beauty in a white gown and yet she's wearing camo boots because she is on a mission to be able to do both, right? It's, it's, the, it's the beauty and the boldness of the bride today. So I want to talk about kind of how do we live How can we live full and free and unoffendable to where you cannot offend me because my emotions are not propped up on your behavior? My emotions transcend and I'm I'm leaning my ladder on the throne of heaven more than leaning my ladder on broken people trying to give me joy or trying to sustain my feelings. Are y'all with me whenever I talk about this? Yesterday, I'm walking through the house, and even our animals are, like, feeling like, I just need some attention. I need some affection. Where's the affection going to come from? Um, And uh, the cat is getting zero affection from me, and so he knows his place. But Wrigley, as soon as I walk in the door, he is amped. And so I come in, and he, we, have, we have this table. It, it has four legs, but it's really three and a half because one of them broke, and then I'm not a craftsman, and I stuck a couple screws in it and then just prayed over it um, that God would heal it. You got to stick to your strengths, man. I'm not a carpenter. I just pray for things. Um, and so it holds up, kind of. Um, and so Wrigley gets so fired up, and there's a cup of water sitting on this table, and his tail is like, you know, Babe Ruth swinging a baseball bat. His tail is just going like crazy. And he gets so fired up, turns, and his tail whacks into this, this table. The leg gives out. The water spills everywhere. I'm like, Riggs! And he just like, he has more EQ than anybody that I know. He just emotionally feels the moment. He's like ashamed. And, you know, water spilling everywhere. That tail is unbelievably powerful. I remember when Nora was just coming up, and it wasn't too long ago because she's almost six and weighs 28 pounds. But anyway, whenever she was even smaller than this, Wrigley would run through the house and just his tail whapping, you know, hitting her in the face. It would just wipe her out. She's, she's on the ground. 
But whenever you try to prop, whenever you try to put something on something that's broken and it's hoping that it's going to hold it and sustain it, you're the fool that you're going to, to put valuable things like your heart or like your emotional strength and stamina on things that will not sustain it. So to lean our joy and expectations on people to feed us something or our leader or our government or our neighbor is just, it's just not smart. It wasn't Wrigley that made the spill. It was me. I took a shortcut. It was me. I didn't think through it. It was, I need to own it, right? And so I just want to go here just a little bit and say, how can I live in this place where everybody's actions and words don't move the inner atmosphere of my spirit? There's one person who has the authority to do that, and it ain't you. It's Jesus Christ has the key to my heart, and he moves the seat of my emotions. He provokes me with passion and, and maybe sometimes anger, but it's righteous anger. I ache for what he aches for rather than I just have a bunch of hurt feelings. I want to be sound in Christ. So go with me to Romans chapter 12, and I've got these scriptures on the on the board here. It's not a board. What is that? It's just a wall. I got them on the wall. Romans chapter 12, and in verse 1 is where we'll start. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. If we go back up to verse 1, Jack, if you could put verse 1. It says that we would offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And so what they would do is they would have an altar that would be out, and they would bring whatever, bring the cow, bring the, the ram, bring the bull, and they would make a sacrifice on this altar. And there were certain pieces of the meat that mattered more, and then they would, they would set this thing on fire, and then it would have this holy aroma. It smells like my backyard, like grains and grill all the time. Those people invade my airspace, and they provoke me to spend my money. It's not fair. But so it's this beautiful living sacrifice that's being offered up to God, this, the, and then there would be like fragrances and different spices that they would make this, this altar. And Paul says, here's what it's like, but it's a living sacrifice, so you don't kill it before you light the thing on fire while it's still alive. And it's still squirming, and it's uncomfortable, and it doesn't like it, and it's living in a day of unrest that just isn't always easy, it doesn't appease to your comfort levels. He says, I want you to climb on the altar and I want you to die for me. I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to live this life sacrificially, laying it down day after day for my 
glory. And we keep going. He says, and I don't want you to be conformed to this world. Go to verse 2. But instead of conforming, I want you to be transformed. And how do you transform? It's the mindset. It's the mind game. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks, so he is. So to the degree that your mindset is strong, and whenever we're weak-minded, it fleshes out in our lives. There's a book that I have right now. It's called Mindset. And it tells this uh, story. They did a study on Michael Jordan's mindset. Reese, you got to get this, bro. You would love it. Michael Jordan's just a little less in his championship titles to Reese Peacock. I mean, he's still got about five or six more to go to catch up with Reese. But anyway, the mindset was he's a, he's a, he's a champion, but it's a killer mindset. Nobody's getting in, in my way or my path. And here's what I'm saying. Whenever you've got this mindset, but it's been washed and cleansed by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is focused and it is forceful. It's not so easily swayed. He says, so I want you to be transformed with the renewing of your mind. You're sacrificially laying your life down, but you're not conforming to what the world's agenda is or the message of society because you've got a different mind, because you think and operate with a different operating system. And then you're able to test and discern what is God doing. Remember last week we talked, what's the day in which we live and to know the times in which we live and then know how to execute. And he says, so we know what the will of God is and what's good. What pleases him? And then he says, and I don't want you to think of yourself as being awesome. Go to verse 3. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but according to what God would do with you. I want to throw out this term right here, spiritually ambidextrous. To be spiritually ambidextrous, the word ambidextrous is that you can use both hands. I'm raising a son right now that I don't know what to do with him with sports. So he throws right, and he shoots a basketball left. He swings a baseball bat right and swings a golf club left. And he's terrible at all of them. I'm like, okay, we got to figure one of them out, right? Which one, which one are we going to do? We got we to pick one. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it both. And so I'm going a little bit more of a hands-off as far as which hand and just encouraging the heart and the passion and the mindset. I just want to sculpt a mindset and a heart. You can figure out the, the, the hand that you want to use. But as he's, as he's figuring this thing out and as he's growing and developing, I, I see it starting to, to mold and to take place. What's amazing is he'll come in and shoot left and then grab the ball and then throw it with the right. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. As he's swinging a golf club left, I'm thinking, man, could he learn the skill of being a switch hitter? Okay. So anyway, as we're going through this, he has the ability to be in or out either way. And spiritually, ambidextrous is how can I live in this world but not be of this world? How can I be engaged in society but not think the way they think? How can I live in this world but have a heavenly mindset? How can I hang with sinners and yet have the mind of Christ? How can I do both? Instead of I'm so holy, I'm so set apart, that I'm so heavenly minded, I'm of no earthly good. To be spiritually ambidextrous is I can do both and to be comfortable in both. Adaptability, I think, is one of the biggest keys for the church today that we don't so ostracize ourselves that we no longer have a seat at the table. That we no longer have a voice in society. We need to have the loudest voice 
in society that's calling people to repentance and to a heart of Jesus, but not only calling them out, but being with them to call them up and to live with them in this society in which it works. So let me break this down just a little bit. Think about Jesus. Jesus, we don't really see much until he's 30 years old. For 30 years, he's hiding out. And he went through Hebraic rabbi school. He truly was a trained rabbi. So he's coming through school. And in that day and age, in the Israeli culture, you didn't step into authority until you were 30. So at 30 years old, he now comes out and he has his coming out party. He's now ready to take on authority. So this is homeschool boy to the max, all right? That was supposed to be a little bit more funny, but sometimes they're, they're cool. But we also know that there's a stereotype there. Why? Just because they haven't been in society. And so, and, and I make fun of Alyssa all the time because she was a homeschool girl. So anyway, we, we come in. Here's Jesus. He is homeschool in rabbi training school until he's 30 years old. And then he shows up on the scene. And he is a guy who can speak to kings, who can speak to leaders, who hangs out with the wine bibbers and the drunkards, the tax collectors, the fishermen. He can engage with it all. It's fascinating to hear how Jesus could flow with all of it. And yet no man walked the planet more holy than he. No man walked the planet with a relationship closer to God than what Jesus Christ did. And so how do we get to this place where we can engage in this world and yet we have an impact? We're not influenced by it. We have an impact over it. You can't impact someone that you are offended by. And you can't love someone while looking down your nose at them. It's hard to hug someone from a distance while you're judging them. It's hard to love someone whenever you want to hold them at arm's length. It says, be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Here's where I want the church to get to, is that what is going on in society doesn't so impact the internal atmosphere of my spirit to where I'm so turned off by it, I want nothing to do with you. Instead, I see what's going on and I'm broken for you. And I feel the heart of God for you. And God, I want to respond. I don't want to disconnect from it. I want to engage it. I want to go even further into it. Sometimes we can be so easily offended. Somebody makes a comment on Facebook. Some news outlet says something that you didn't agree with. Somebody tweets something and now you're so offended. We are so soft in what other people's comments or remarks are. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be strong and mighty with a sound mind. I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a strong mindset. I want you to know how to operate in today's world, to know what the will of God is and know how to engage what is happening today. As a joke, I read this, and please understand, this is a joke. Ray Jump, he said this. He said, our grandparents spent their 20s cowering in Europe, using World War II as an excuse to avoid the responsibilities of adulthood while our generation is left to shoulder the burden of running countless news satire blogs, which nobody asked for and nobody thinks are funny. We can look at our grandparents' generation and say, yeah, you snuck off to Europe and you hid while fighting World War II. And you left our generation here to handle everybody's tweets. Oh, it's so hard. Life is so hard. I got to handle all these comments. 
that people want to make in today's society. I'll tell you this, if you are so rattled that somebody threw something on the internet, it's soft. It's just soft. And the church has to get stronger. We shouldn't be moved by somebody's tweet. And you know what? Nobody forces you to sign on to Facebook. It's not a requirement to be an American. It's not a requirement to be a Christian. You can turn it off. You're free. You can turn it off. You don't like it? Turn it off. Why continue to do stuff that you hate, that stirs up the, the inner atmosphere? Guard your heart above all things because from within it flows every issue of life. Protect this thing. This is the best thing you've got is the inner condition of your spirit man. And whenever you just un, unfiltered things coming in, it's on you. That is on you. And we need to be transformed to the mind of God. And I'll tell you this, the more that I take my, I, I have my eyes fixed on people's behavior, when my eyes are fixed on people, they're no longer fixed on Jesus. And when my eyes are fixed on people, usually my, my, my joy is propped up on people. But whenever I can get my eyes fixed on Jesus and I can live in the presence, my, my, my joy just transforms and trans, transcends to a whole other level where I no longer am I putting the weight on a three-legged table. I'm putting the weight of my life on the most secure foundational throne that I possibly can. Let us fix our eyes on this Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. I set my eyes to the hill where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. So whenever our eyes are focused on this lower landscape, this lower landscape can move the inner man like it should not move it. The apostle Paul said this, he said, I know what it's like to be homeless and to stay in the finest of palaces. I know what it's like to hang out with the poor and to dine with kings. I know what it's like to go without and eat the finest steak dinners. I've been shipwrecked, I've been a base, and I've been abound, and none of this stuff moves me. <laughs> I'm solid. I'm anchored in something deeper. I'm not moved by anything going on on the planet. Why? Because there's only one who has the key and the authority to shift the human heart, and it's the maker of it. And so I'll tell you, if you want your emotions moved, get into the presence of the one that can move them in the right way. And Jesus, I just take my heart before you. Oh, I come into your presence where there's fullness of joy. At your right hand is pleasure forevermore. Jesus, I want to come into that place where I can drink and sup from you, where I sit down at Jacob's well and you offer me a cup. And from within me, rivers of living water will explode from within me. I'll tell you, we need to have emotions today. We need to be emotional people. Jonathan Edwards said, if God gave us emotions, they should be expressed on the one who is most worthy of their expression. <laughs> and it ain't Kevin Pants 47 on Twitter. I don't care about Kevin Pants 47. He doesn't move me. Kevin Pants, you're canceled. There's one person who has access and we need to start going there. You know what? Your spouse might have a piece of some access because you're in covenant with them, but even there, but even there, I'm not leaning all of my hopes and my dreams and my joy that Alyssa's going to give me something. 
That's just a fool's game because she's broken. She's a sinful person. We've got to get our joy somewhere else. You're not going to fo- find it in Fox. You're not going to find it in CNN. You're not going to find it on Twitter. We've got to get in the presence. If there ever been a time to get in the presence, this is the day to live in the presence. Have your conversations in the presence. Dream in the presence. I asked Jesus, Jesus, I want to fall asleep in the presence. I just want you to be here tonight. I pray that you would give me dreams and visitations, that I would get more done sleeping than I would when I'm awake because you have the supernatural gift and power to drop insight, to drop words of knowledge, to give me dreams and vision, to open up my eyes. I need to close my eyes so I can properly see. Jesus, so that you can give me the proper vision, because what I'm seeing before me is broken. It's not the true reality. It's not the true vision of the heart of God. It's not truly the prayer of Jesus whenever he would say, he said, God, let your will be done like it is on earth or on heaven. Let it be done on earth. I need to start seeing what is heaven like? What's the heart of Jesus like? Not what this person said, not what did this person report. Jesus, what's your perspective on today? Whenever I get the mind of God, I'm transformed with a renewed mind, whoo, I know what the will of God is, baby. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But when you hear everybody else's opinion, you're going to operate with a jacked up lens. Everything seemed completely different. Church, I am pleading to live in the presence. Please get there. For your own health and, and, and sanity, anxiety levels, anxiety's through the roof in our country right now. There's no anxiety in the presence. Jesus, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus is not pacing back and forth in heaven, biting his nails right now. He's not wringing his hands. He is not nervous. He's never had a nervous day in his life. He is not sweating it out. He's not freaking out. He doesn't care as far as what's, I, I say care, that might not be the right word. He's not moved in troubled feelings. He knows what the script is. He is an He is the preeminent one. All power and authority belongs to him. He holds the scepter. His his throne is firm. His crown is not crooked. Come on, girl, fix your crown. He is solid. So let us transform our mind to think like God would think. What would it be like to be a Christian today? To be like Christ, owning and operating and living the way that he would call us to live, to live free, to live full, and to live unoffendable. You know, whenever we're around people that are broken and people that are sinners, there's constantly opportunity to take offense. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they said a cuss word. Man, can you believe they're, they're, they're smoking? They, I, just can't even, I don't even want to be here. It smells like smoke. Christians have the biggest case of amnesia ever. You realize you did that. You said all of those words. You've been smoking for 20 years. You just gave it up in the last 18 months, and now you're offended? Wait a minute. Let's think differently. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Let's engage this world. Well, I'm just leaving and going home. No, don't go home. Stay. We need Christians to stay in this world the same way that Jesus would. When John the Baptist showed up on the scene, they said John the Baptist did not come eating or drinking, but Jesus came eating and drinking, so much so we thought he was a glutton and a drunkard. And he was the friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus, so silly. 
Jesus flips the script. He, he, he might even offend your mind, but it'll reveal your heart. What's going on in your heart? Why can't you just be with those people? That's a good question. Why can't you be with them? Aren't you glad that Jesus isn't offended by your behavior? Aren't you glad that he's not looking down his righteous nose at you? I know I am. I'm so thankful. Vicki nailed it, man. I'm so grateful for God's grace. You know the term grace means unmerited favor. Nothing that you did, it's unmerited. You can't hang enough plaques on the walls. You can't hang enough banners. You can't get enough championship rings. He's unimpressed. He says, the only way that you come to me is by what I did on the cross. And, I'll, and it was enough. And people, could we get our eyes fixed on this cross? Because when, the, when we're cross-eyed, when we get cross-eyed, all of this stuff gets a little bit more clear, if that makes sense. And if we could shut our ears to the world and tune in to a higher voice. When we got the voice of God and God's voice is screaming loud and clear identity. I know who I am and I know what I'm called to. I know what it looks like to march this out on the face of the earth today. There might be other voices around, but I can't hear you because there's a voice that's much louder that's screaming, Brock, this is who you are. This is what you're called to. This is how you love. This is how you're a living sacrifice. Lay your life down again. Engage. Know the perfect will of God. Transform your mind. Think like I would think. And let's get after it today. To live full, to live free, and to live unoffendable is a game today. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3, Jesus says this, he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and you pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In Matthew 11 and Luke 7, two times we see that Jesus was accused of being friends of sinners. The word on the street during first century Palestine, the accusations was that he was a friend of sinners. What would you be accused of today? And would there be enough proof to prove it? If you were brought into a courtroom, we're going to say, we're going to accuse you. Maybe it would be a liar deceiver, a worshiper, a lover of family, a community builder. Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners, and you better believe there was enough proof to justify the claims. Because he didn't roll with the schoolboys of his rabbi training. He actually called them out all the time. Hey, remember when we were school together and we learned all this stuff? Uh, you're not doing it. You're a hypocrite. Here's what it ought to look like, and I'll flesh it out. And he goes and he sits in the well. He sits at the local pub, which just simply means a public square. Don't freak out on me. He would go and sit in all these different places with the broken, the hurting, the dirty, the dying. And he wasn't offended by them. He loved them right where they were at. Jesus fit in with the crowd so much so that the Roman soldiers, when they went to capture Jesus, 
to put him on trial, to take him, to beat him, to put him on the cross. The Roman soldiers, Jesus fit in so much, the Roman soldiers had to hire somebody to point him out. Which, which one is he? They hired Judas. Hey, you're kind of one of the inside guys. Which one is Jesus? Because he looks like all of them. Isn't that fascinating? Hey, we'll pay you to tell us which one this guy is. Jesus engaged the culture and he engaged society. Not to be like them, don't hear what I'm not saying, but to be with them, to love them up to the next level. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The word power is not a soft word. The word power says we, they come with strength and sustainability, not easily offended, but being strong. The word love, I think that love looks a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. It's Galatians 5. It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against this kind of a lifestyle, there's nothing anybody can say. That word, whenever he says that he is not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That word sound mind is, here's the Greek word. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, let's try it because it just sounds fun. Sophroniosmos. It's actually a drink at Starbucks. It's four pumps of something. But it means a safe, you're safe-minded. How cool is that? Sensible. It's behavior that fits the situation. Isn't that cool? It's somebody that's appropriate for what the moment requires. Hey, sometimes the moment requires some passion. Sometimes the moment requires we need to call you up. Sometimes we need some change. We need to see. We need, I'm not just saying that we just lie over and just love everybody as we all go to hell. I'm not saying that at all. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's being appropriate for the situation. I love that. Isn't that neat how Jesus calls us? To do this. My pastor, Ron Johnson, he used to have a sign on his desk, and maybe you've got different signs in your house, or pastors might have scripture on their walls, and it's, hey, you're going to shine today. Hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. Hey, you're going to be awesome. Whatever, these positive signs. My pastor had a sign on his desk that said, no whining. I'm like, oh, gee whiz. You come in, and you're going to have a counseling situation, and he'll grab that sign, and he'll stick it right on the front of his desk. And that's what you're looking at. And then his eyes are right behind that sign. You're like, oh, geez. No whining. Come on. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. We need to get into the presence of Jesus where he can wash and cleanse that worry and anxiety. Take us to another place. With all this said, I'll wrap with this. The difference between living with emotion and living with action. Because I think that we ought to be emotional people. But emotion unto emotion is fruitless. It should have some action. Just living with emotion is like sitting in a car and just revving up the engine while the car is on blocks with no wheels. You're just, you're just fired up, man. You're ready to go. The whole thing just fired up. And all you're doing is just burning fuel. You're burning energy going nowhere. So what are some moves of action? Action would be putting some wheels on it and saying, okay, I need to get somewhere. I need to move somewhere. 
maybe we get offended by people just in little things. Can I just say like some super practical things? This is so, so practical. And you're going to say, hey, this is like elementary stuff. Okay, well, sometimes we needed a little elementary training. They didn't come up and talk to me. So did you go up and talk to them? They didn't even look at me. They didn't call me. I'm, this is just getting way too real right now, isn't it? Well, they didn't. They saw me coming and didn't open the door. Come on. Power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, body of Christ. We got to go. We cannot just stay in a, in a cycle like this. We've got to be stronger than that. Well, I, I, they, they knew who they were calling out when they made that little comment on Facebook or Twitter. Who cares? Power, love, and a sound mind. we got to start operating at a different level because we are getting tossed to and fro by things that just don't have eternal impact. we gotta, we got to start playing for eternity. You're playing way too small. we got to play for a bigger day, for a bigger game. We just have to. We just have to. And I can go to a hundred other of those things. But we want to we start having a voice of impact. And whenever we get pulled down into smaller conversations, we actually lose our voice. So first it needs to start in our home. And the Bible would say it like this. Make an impact in Judea, which is your immediate home. Then make an impact in, in, uh, in, or in Jerusalem. And then Judea, which would be your community. Man, what can we do in our town? How, what can we do to make Fairmount, Summitville, Fowlerton, what, our surrounding area, a prototype of saying, man, this is what the kingdom of God would look like. In the economy. This is what the kingdom of God would look like in education. This is what the kingdom of God would look like in reformation, in a, in a community, in a town, in, a, in, a, in, all, in our boards, in our local governments. Man, then after we got a prototype, maybe you could do it in other places. Or then it looks out into your state and you're talking to the state. Maybe it looks the whole country. But right now, fo focus on your home. Focus on your community. I would love to see us making impact here. Not living offended, but living committed to making Impact. Let's do it in our community. Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security will, de uh, will deserve neither and will lose both. So I'm not saying just roll over. I'm saying let's fight for a cause that matters when it comes to Jesus Christ and building a community that would shine and radiate him, not living offended by the world, but engaging this world. Let's not give up our liberty so that we can have security. We deserve neither and we'll lose both. So here's a couple takeaways. Number one, whenever we have these feelings going on inside of us, recognize the emotion. We should recognize the emotion that we have. Jack, go to the next one. I have this emotion going on inside of me. Understand my emotions. Why am I feeling like this? What caused this intense feeling? Are these healthy emotions? Audit what's going on inside of your spirit, man. It's a good question. Where did it come from? Is this even healthy, what I'm, what I'm going through? When it comes to the person who has offended me, are what they're saying, does it have truth in it? Because guess what? If there is some truth, I should, I should learn. And if it's not true, then I shouldn't hang out there. I shouldn't camp right there. I shouldn't, put, I shouldn't prop my emotions and camp out my feelings on that. And lastly, what is the actionable step? Is there something that I need to do? Is there, is there something that I can, I can do? And, and here's something I also like to say. Can I change it? Should I accept it? Or should I just let it go? 
And if I can change it, we need some action and we need to get to it. Or I can't really change it, I just need to accept it. I just need to accept this person as they are. I just need to love them where they are. Or maybe it's, it's a toxic relationship. I can't change them and I ain't gonna accept it, but I just gotta let it go. I'm out. And don't live emotionally wrestled through all of those things. So people, here's where I want the body of Christ to get to is I want us to be so sound in this day and age, to understand the times in which we live, to know how to execute, to be full of power, to be full of love, to be, have a strong mindset, to have a renewed mind, and to impact our society today, because we can do this. I so want us to shine during this day. I so want the church to shine during a day like today. All right. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, we need your help. Jesus, we want to engage our world the way that you engage the world. Jesus, thank you for not being offended by us. Thank you for loving us where we are. Jesus, I pray that you would help us get a mind like you to sit with the hurting and the broken, to call them up to another level to leave our lives with a life of impact. Lord, I pray that we would be strong in this day and age, that we would not live emotional and offended, but God, we would live strong and move with compassion on those that maybe try to hurt us. God, I pray that we would rise above and transcend the conversation of this world so that we can speak with the mouth of God and the mind of Christ. God, I pray that our church would shine in our Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria area. God, we pray that we would be a prototype of how to do this thing right and to do it well. Lord, I pray over every marriage, every family, every home, every father, every mama out there. God, let them shine and lead their families well. And Lord, we do all this for your glory and for the good of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.